Good morning, friends. It's Grania Tyndall here. It's Numbers for Success. And this is your Numbers for Success podcast about all things soul. As usual, it is my greatest pleasure to be able to continue to do these podcasts. Thanks to all my patrons and my family and friends and clients who listen to this podcast when it's published once a week, just to inspire and get people to look at life from a soul's perspective. And that's what I do. I've been working as a numerologist and a soul seer for at least 22 years and I believe I have helped and continue to help thousands of people find out what their soul's contract is. So that's what I do best. This is another part of what I do, my broadcasting, which I adore because I love to talk as people who know me well know and can confer and I love to be able to pass on information. And today's date is February the 22nd, 2021. And certainly numerology wise, that's a very auspicious date, auspicious date. And it's a date which this weekend has really intrigued me as a numerology point of view. So we had the 20th of the 2nd, 21st of the 2nd, which was yesterday. And today is the 22nd of the 2nd. Now, with all of those number twos, friends, this is all about polarity. And we are currently, as a world, as a universe, as souls in this human experience, going through extremes of everything. You may have found it yourself, dear friends, maybe within your own family structure. There may be strong opinions at the moment about what's going on in the earth and what's going on in terms of medicine and politics and spirituality and whatever else, money, finances, business, opportunities. But what's coming for us energetically, which always correlates very well with astrology, is very much around the idea of extremities. The weather, for example, for certainly here in the Northern Hemisphere, there are major extremes at the moment. One day it could be blissfully sunny and cold. The next it can be like the end of the world. So wherever you are in the world, perhaps the weather is also an indicator of the extremities of what's going on for people, the world, energy wise. Also, it's so important, dear friends, and I will and have done a Facebook video and Instagram video on this because I feel right now we need to keep very centred, very grounded, but be able to look at things from uh, another perspective. So what does that mean? For me, as a, someone who works with people's souls, our souls right now, those of us here on the earth at this moment, at this time, we're here to really look and embrace and observe the extreme opinions, the extremities, the decisions that we all have to make and to also be able to view things from a bird-like view. I always use the analogy of being like the eagle, the beautiful eagle who flies high in the sky, watching what's going on below until the time is ready to approach whatever, be it food or connection, whatever it is that he needs to do or she needs to do. But the greatest thing is for us right now as human is to recognise that this is a time of polar opposites. It is a time of the yin and yang, as above, so below, as within, so without. And what that means, it very much is a time to be able to recognise that we are going through such a fundamental time of change that 
we also have choices and decision making to make in terms of how we react or respond. And this is also within your own family structure, your own work situation, your own relationships. Everything is being highlighted. It's all about polarization. It's what I see in you is what's in me. It's what I what you see is what you get. And it is it is one of the most extraordinary times to be alive. And I'm seeing it in my own friends, family and, you know, colleagues where people are being judged, people are being isolated and people are being almost put to task about their opinions. And what's so important, friends, at this time, again, this is coming from a numerology soul point of view. What is so important for us at this time is to be able to know thy truth, know your own truth. And you have a right to express your truth. It doesn't mean you have to go be, you know, public like I do, even to your own circle, your own bubble, all those things, your own partner to be able to speak up, speak your truth and how the other person responds is always, always their point of view. So this is why right now we are in a time of polarity and this weekend particularly friends did you find that this weekend that you it was extremes of behavior extremes of reaction and so forth so that's just a little insight because the more you know of who you are the more you can give to your relationships to your work colleagues to your family your children your grandchildren your neighbours. And that's what's so, so important right now, dear friends. So I just felt that was appropriate to share with you. So hopefully if you want to share with me at some point, you know, you can contact me through uh, my various other um, forms of communication and uh, you can tell me how your weekend was. Was it a, a time of extremes and sort of sudden shocks, that type of thing? Because we're still in the month of February, friends, I felt it and I feel it's very important to, you know, continue to reflect upon and attend to our heart work because February does afford us that time to reflect upon that because it's usually equated with a time of love and rebirth. And you see the spring is starting to spring here anyway in Ireland and it's starting, the birds are starting to mate and, you know, life is starting to push its way out of the very, very muddy, wet soil. And maybe where you are in the southern hemisphere, you're now coming into your autumn period. And that's still a time, another time of change, isn't it? And I know I've mentioned before in the past, but the heart, the heart center to me is one of the most important chakras or energy centers. Obviously, it keeps us alive, but also energetically and soul level. Your your heart is very much is usually equated with love and self-love. And I know in many of my other podcasts, we I have related to the, having a healthy four-chambered heart. And I feel that's something that we want to discuss today in terms of our A to Z guide of spiritual solutions or solutions to everyday living. And H is for the heart. And when your heart is full, and we've discussed it before, but I want to bring it in again in case you haven't heard these podcasts, when you have a full chambered heart and it's full and strong and open, 
and healthy. You'll find that love and gratitude will come easy and effortlessly to you. So I'm sure you are or know of someone who has that ability to make you feel good when you're around them. And that's because they would have an open four chambered heart. Because when we're open hearted, you know, we have this ability to be able to enjoy life, even if it is challenging on the external. When you're half hearted, people tend to operate from a point of view of shoulds rather than wants. And half heartedness signals when, you know, people feel they've no choice and they feel maybe they might be irritable or they sort of tend to blame other people for what's going on in their experience. And that tends to be when people are half hearted. And, you know, again, I'm sure you've connected in with people recently with this element going on because of what's going on externally. But be the full full hearted one because they're here for you can help them to figure out that another piece can be put together to make them full hearted. Then weak heartedness is present um, whether we have difficulty facing conflict or not. And it's very much about, you know, seeking approval from others. And that would be something like, you know, when we're weak hearted, again, it's no judgment. It's just an observation where you feel, you know, maybe if you're in a relationship, like an intimate relationship, which is quite controlling or in any way abusive, what happens is the heart gets weaker and weaker. And I really do believe that people can have a broken heart, which which is obviously to do with relationships and how we relate. Um, but also weak-hearted people, weak-hearted people can be people who are in denial and, you know, of, of the acceptance of love and giving of love. And then any close-heartedness in our nature shows us where we are still holding on to old resentments or grudges or victimhood or martyrhood and where forgiveness work is really needed. And when our hearts are closed, and I have seen this a lot with people, there's a great sense of blaming and being critical of others and critical of yourself. And and, and the question again, it goes back to, as I say all the time, to the forgiveness, forgiveness work. It does not mean you have to forgive bad behaviour. It means you're willing to let it go or not hold on to the story. And sometimes confused heartedness is another one. And it shows us where we lack clarity and in that state, we just profess confusion. I've definitely been there. And sometimes confusion, you know, you, for example, you might tell a lover, for example, that we're confused about where our relationship is going um, rather than state that we what we want and, what, and be clear about is where we're blaming the other person. Doubt, confusion, ambivalence, hesitation. These are conditions that create a, a lack of safety in any relationship. So, as I say to clients, friends, you know, family, know thyself. And maybe today, friends, as we are in the month of self-love and love in all sort forms, ask yourself, are you open-hearted, half-hearted, weak-hearted, confused-hearted or closed-hearted? And work on those because it honestly will have a huge beneficial result. And I feel, you know, the Dalai Lama spoke about this um, to practice. I'm going to give you some little practice to work with. And it, again, it supports a four chambered heart to remain open and full and strong. And we really need this right now, friends. So before you start your day, spend five minutes 
before you get out of your bed, remembering that we all want the same thing, and that is to be happy, to be loved, and to feel connected. And it's a it'll, it's an exercise I do every morning before I even step out of the bed. I visualize there's a circle of light at the corner of my bed where I get out and that circle when I step into it it comes up like a shaft of light that completely covers my aura for the day and keeps me safe and focused and then while you're doing that before you get out of the bed of course spend five minutes cherishing yourself and others and let go of judgments of yourself and others and breathe in Breathe in cherishing yourself and breathe out cherishing others. And if you find that people come into your experience in your mind of people who maybe it's not as easy to be cherishing for, again, cherish them as well because they're there to teach you something about yourself. So then when you get out of your bed and you have your golden light or whatever colour you wish to put around you, during the day, just keep extending that sense of gratitude to everyone you meet. So... I cherish myself and you too. So that could be someone you're having a Zoom call with. It could be your mother-in-law. It could be, um, you know, someone you meet when you're walking your dog. Like, I cherish myself and you too. And even just a smile, even with masks, your eyes can still show the light. And stay in the practice no matter what happens. If you can do that, even though, (laughs) believe me, you will be tested and you feel oh my God, I can't cherish that person. If you do that, you will find that it will be of huge benefit to you because you will only, you will get the results of feeling cherished and loved back. So there's a song coming into my head, Cherish the Love. So that leads me perfectly on because I'm still in that loving mood because of February and because spring has sprung. And it's the lost arts of love. And there's a quote I wanted to start with, and it's this. For believe me, the more one is, the richer is all one experiences. And whoever wants to have deep love in their life must collect and save for it and gather honey. That's a quote from 16th century. I thought that was quite beautiful. So did you know, believe it or not, The art of arranging beds or changing the sheets on beds are one of 64 romantic skills mentioned in the Karma Sutra as essential when preparing for love's arrival. Did you know that? So like the Bible, the Karma Sutra seems to be one of those books that everyone has opinions on, especially if one has never read it. Now, written in India, during the 2nd century BC by a nobleman by the name of Vashanana. The Karma Sutra is one of the world's most ancient and revered texts of sexual wisdom. And during the 1960s and 70s, like portions of the Karma Sutra were basically shown um, in various publications for detailing all the different sexual positions that one could attempt if one had the ability. And far from this being a book that is considered, um, you know, inappropriate, it is actually one of the, it's a guidebook actually, devoted to the care of a lover's body and soul. And it's written 
to draw men and women closer together through mutual pleasure and respect. Respect, mind, that's very important for each other's desires and needs. And, you know, the Karma Sutra is, it's important to understand that it's not, Eastern philosophies do not separate sex from its natural spiritual nature. And there's a big part of the Karma Sutra that is actually not really related to. It's all to do with positions, whereas in fact, the Karma Sutra is very much about how the romantic arts can be brought into our everyday life. And I'm going to give you some of them now. So there you go. Monday morning, you're learning about the Karma Sutra. And this is a part that people don't know about. So the first first is the art of performing. And that is singing, playing a musical instrument, dancing, expressive moves with the hand and body, which is about conveying emotions and feelings. And also just, you know, enjoying charm and using smile and touch. Then we have the art of handicrafts. This is based on the Karma Sutra, which could be something like, you know, body art, mosaics, doing something together, lace making, needlepoint, woodwork, carpentry. The floral arts, making custom carpets out of blossoms, garlands for the body and bed hangings, bouquets arranged, floral crowns and head ornaments. That would be part of, you know, the way we you know flowers are usually given as a gift to our lover or from our lovers or we give it to our lovers and floor flowers floral art is a huge part of of the karma sutra the art of pleasing appearance so makeup including preparation of color dyes for the body and the teeth the art of manicure the art of massage the art of care for the hair grooming and decorative again this is written back in the second century bc the art of the glance and facial expressions. Well, we've spoken about that. That's about flirting. And we I did that in a couple of podcasts back. But the art of a glance and that that look, you know, that that look that you can give to a potential lover. The art of jewellery, the making of maybe, you know, ear ornaments, detailed knowledge of stones and gems. And obviously diamonds. Wouldn't that be lovely? The art of decorating and furnishing houses. So that's the art of arranging beds that we spoke about, the art of dining and the art of resting areas. So creating a space in your home which is conducive for one's lover. The art of a bath, my favourite thing in the world. That goes without saying. So candles, smells, making it so aesthetically pleasing for yourself and your lover. The art of entertaining is another part of the Karma Sutra. Preparing meals that bring sensory pleasure via sight, sound, smell, taste, even surprise and delight with unusual cuisine, the art of preparing drinks, the art of service, the art of the aphrodisiacs. Then with the art of conjuring, yes, it's important, knowledge of love charms, potions and magic utterances for greater prowess and to enhance beauty. Um, like that would be um, like, you know, uh, using herbs, um, again, using um, things for aesthetic pleasure. That would be that. The art of wordplay, the knowledge of dramatic storytelling, recite, reciting poems, um, solving riddles, crosswords, 
dictionary, poetic um, verses, love letters, a knowledge of enhancing memories, mm. the art of games. Um, so games like chess and um, sport, the art of speaking, knowledge of foreign languages, of re- regional dialects and knowledge of sign language. The art of behaviour, knowledge of good manners, that's a big one, knowledge of rules of success, knowledge of the art of approach and withdrawal and the art of persuasion. And last and certainly not least, my favourite, is the art of teaching parrots to recite poetry. (laughs) That's part of the Karma Sutra. I, I kid you not. So I feel the Karma Sutra is a curriculum which for me is a prerequisite for life, not just romance. And it's for yourself and it's for others, of course. Um, Because let's face it, any man or woman who is intelligent, um, accomplished, you know, well-versed, has manners and is, you know, clued in, they're going to be a magnet anyway, aren't they? And I just feel these are kind of, a lot of them are lost arts, especially the art of teaching a parrot. But there again that's possible too and you know so which art do you want to start perfecting of all those I've I've read there and you know they're quite irresistible Um, so imagine for a moment inviting the object of your desire to your home and after they've crossed into your home you have your parrot and they recite the words of Rumi which says since the beginning of her life she has been looking for your face and today she has found it welcome I thought you might enjoy that I thought that was great fun a Paris reciting Rumi so friends maybe pick an art from the Karma Sutra that you can use for your own life because your life is really what you're meant to have a love affair with anyway and just before we finish the podcast I just want to give you a message for your week And your message this week, dear friends, is the simple word strength. And strength comes from many sources. And staying strong brings confidence, conviction and a balanced body, mind and spirit. So spirit has its own unique and beautiful way of replenishing your soul with strength on a continual basis. You're never really alone. A spirit is always with you. And that is the truth, dear friends. So... Have a wonderful week. Be open to being an observer as well as a contributor. Get the balance in this week. Know that you are loved and enjoy the Karma Sutra. Until next week, much love.